And I think through that, learning what is my truth, learning how it feels in my body and learning how to connect to my truth, then taking the steps and taking the action. Now that I know what it feels like to live fully in alignment with my truth, you can't not listen. Like when you know that and when you know what it feels like to not live in your truth and like my body speaks to me when I'm not living in my truth, I get digestive issues and I get fatigue and I have weight gain and I start emotionally eating. And like, there's all of these physical symptoms that happen for me when I'm out of alignment. Oh yeah. Like I feel it in my body. And then I feel in my mental health, I, I notice more depression or anxiety. And I find that these are actually measures and ways to recognize when one is out of alignment, when one is not living in their truth. And instead of seeing these as things that we want to numb out or we want to fix or we want them to go away, my invitation to our listeners is to actually say, okay, if I'm experiencing these things in my physical or mental well-being that that are not feeling good, that feel heavy, that feel off, that feel like something's missing, then can we see those as messengers? Mm -hmm. Can we listen to those? Can we recognize that there's actually something here that wants to be looked at. Welcome to the Revelation Project Podcast. I'm Monica Rogers, and this podcast is intended to disrupt the trance of unworthiness and to guide women to remember and reveal the truth of who we are. We say that life is a revelation project, and what gets revealed gets healed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Revelation Project podcast. I'm with Amy Pomensky today. Amy is an empowerment coach, a spiritual teacher, and podcast host. She supports female entrepreneurs, healers, and coaches to show up confidently in their relationships and business. Over the last eight years of being a business owner, Amy has discovered the keys to creating a multiple six-figure, soul-aligned business and lifestyle. She teaches women how to overcome their limiting beliefs, align their energy, and listen to their intuition to create financial abundance and fulfillment. Amy uses a blend of scientific and spiritual methodologies, including meditation, quantum physics, and neuroscience to support women in stepping into their next level of leadership and transformation. Amy is also the host of the Feminine Frequency podcast, where she shares weekly wisdom of how to connect with your feminine energy to manifest abundance, love, and the life you truly desire. Join me to welcome Amy. Hey, Amy. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you. And for our listeners, Amy and I had a chance to meet and chat. I don't know even what was it was several months ago. I was on Amy's podcast, so I'll be sure to put that in the show notes. But we really got such a sistership vibe doing that. We had so much in common. And the thing I loved about what Amy was up to was at the time, and I think you still are, Amy, you were like, traveling all over the place. And tell me, like, start right there, because I'm, you were in Tulum at the time. And you were really, as far as I recall, experimenting with living a nomadic lifestyle. Is that right? 
Yeah, totally. So I'm still on that journey. And it's been about five, almost six months since I started my own, I guess you can say, form of surrender experiment for anyone who's read the book from Michael A. Singer. It's really a process that has brought me into deeper trust and a deeper practice of releasing control of the planning and the outcome and trying to figure out all of the next steps and really being in the practice of noticing when my mind goes to, I should have it figured out by now. Where am I going to live? Where am I going next? And really being in the process of deepening my faith and trust that the signs will will come, that the clarity will come and that my truth will speak when, when the next steps are. Are, are meant to happen. So it's really been this uh, divine unfolding that I never really anticipated. It, I know that there's a lot of people who have the dream of living, quote unquote, the laptop lifestyle where they can work remotely and work from wherever and have the freedom to do that. And while I've always loved travel, I also used to struggle with a lot of transition anxiety. And I've always really loved having just like my home base and taking trips for vacations, but never really to the extent where I don't have my own apartment right now and where I put my stuff in storage and am really on this evolving journey where there isn't even a timeline of, okay, I'm going to travel for six months or I'm going to travel for 12 months. It's really been this, this unfolding and this deep listening and deep trust. And it's, it's taught me a lot and it's been a, a really great opportunity to continue deepening my own practices in learning how to cultivate that safety and security and that sense of home and groundedness within my body, which is through the embodiment practices that I do and that I teach as an embodiment teacher is really cultivating that groundedness, no matter where you are, no matter what's happening in your life, like how to really come back home to that feeling of rootedness and centered and groundedness of like, this is who I am. I'm safe. I'm whole, like all of that in the body. So that's a little, little overview without like the details of each journey, but really about the, this larger perspective of what I've been called to and, and really what my soul has invited me into in this chapter of my life. I'm noticing I have such a shit eating grin on my face right now. And I'm so, <laughs> and I'm so like curious, like my whole body is like lit up right now listening to you. And I think it's because it's like skiting, right? It's like scary and exciting. And this idea of surrender, right? For me is my version of the surrender project is the revelation project. And you'd mentioned Michael Singer's work, but I look at that as such a call to honor the divine feminine because there's that not knowing. There's that almost like, like, yeah, you have to have some structure, but you're completely living in that flow once you kind of have that structure and listening for those deep intuitive messages that help lead you to the next step. So like, I think I'm sitting over here feeling jealous and also relieved. <laughs> Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, that yes. is some courage right there. Like that is some frigging courage. So I want to know, Amy, what made you do this? Like what in the world happened where you were like, you know what? I'm doing this. Yeah, that's a great question. And, and what I would share is 
that prior to the choice to sell some of my furniture and pack my stuff in storage, I'll give you some landscape of what was going on in my life. I was in a relationship that we were together for about a year and a half. And it was throughout the pandemic where things really felt stagnant in my life, in my body, in my relationship. And as someone who's really growth oriented, like that feeling just is feels out of alignment for me. And there we were coming to really a crossroads in my romantic partnership and we were living together. And at the same time, there was this new evolution of who I was becoming as a feminine leader in my business with my mission and also just in my life wanting to continue evolving and growing. And so in that process, I went on a vacation. I went to go visit a friend in Tulum in Mexico and literally on the flight on the way there, my body started to get all hot. And I had this like sensation coming through me. It was this, this knowing that something was changing. And it, it, the energy that I can describe felt like the energy of the archetype of the wild woman. Mm. And I had been exploring this again through my embodiment practices, but it had never really been something that had had been bubbling up inside of me. And I think it part of the feeling from the pandemic of being restricted and caged in, in a way, in a sense, and just a larger feeling of of feeling confined. Mm -hmm. And I remember I pulled out my journal and I wrote this whole piece about the wild woman and like the energy and the the heat and the anger that I was feeling um, that was coming up inside of me. And I got to Tulum and the next morning I woke up and did my daily meditation. And in that meditation, I got this clear message, which was not a very uh, refined message from either my higher self or from God, but it was like, sell all of your shit and move. And I was like, wait, whoa, wait, is there somebody else up there? Maybe that has a different opinion. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, whoa, that's a lot. Like that's intense. Like what kind of message is this? Like, are you sure? And so I was like, I'm going to sit with this for a minute. Like something, this feels like a lot. I've never really considered even truly moving out of San Diego. I was exploring that with my partner at the time. And it was just this really big message. And I was like, well, maybe because my friends are traveling and maybe I just want to do what they're doing and trying to decipher that moment. Is this my ego or is this actually like my truth? And as I sat with it and really, really got quiet with it, it was really a message that not only did my living situation feel like it needed to change, but everything was going to change and that I was about to go through another death and rebirth cycle in order to then evolve and emerge to to who I'm becoming as an embodiment guide, as a feminine leader, and soon to be starting to write my book and an author. So there's so much that's been emerging and it's been a really deep transformational year. Mm. But that's really what was the catalyst and what really led me in this direction. So um, went through a really powerful and beautiful conscious uncoupling with, with my former partner and sold my stuff. And within two months was back in Tulum for a couple of months and then continued on my journey, um, both internationally and then throughout the US. So it's been, it's been a wild, wild year. <laughs> it's been a wild year. I'm, I love you. I just love you. It's so good. So, okay. So Tulum, where else have you been so far? I went to Lake Atitlan, which is a mystical place in 
Guatemala. Um, I stayed in a town called San Marcos there. And then I went to go visit some friends in Austin, Texas. And then I went back to San Diego, which is my home base, saw some friends and family, went to Kauai next, which is like the Garden of Eden, the most magical place that I've been ever. Just so much nature and beauty, which has been really part of even connecting more deeply with the feminine is just like really being in such deep gratitude and appreciation Mm -hmm. for nature. And through that, through Kauai, then now I'm in my new chapter in Asheville, North Carolina, where there's lots of trees and mountains and really enjoying this fall energy that is presented at this time of year. And so really, when you're there, when you're in your kind of location, you I'm making up, listen for kind of like, okay, there's no like, oh, you know how long you're going to be there. Am I right? Like, you're just like, okay, I'm here and I'm just going to listen my way through to the next step. Yeah, I think it's a combination. I think it's there, there is a little bit of foresight for planning as far as, you know, some of these places that I've been to, I intended to be for a month. And then I got there and I was like, oh, wait, this feels maybe like a two week kind of place. Not really sure that I want to stay for a month. So most of my places that I've been to have been one way tickets. So that, that is, it's open ended and it's really fun in that way that it's like, it can be two months. It can be more than that if it wants to be. And really, feeling into, you know, places like Austin and Kauai, like, can I see myself living here? Is this somewhere that I can actually see myself landing and being in that exploration and also practicing the non-attachment to it. And again, noticing when my mind is like, I want to know, I want to know. And who knows, it could be back in San Diego. It doesn't feel like that. That doesn't feel like my truth, but it it's really the exploration each and every day of checking in, seeing how things are feeling. And then at some point I do get a sense of, okay, I want to stay longer or like, I feel like there's a, a completion here mm. and I'll book my ticket for one or two weeks out from that. So yeah, I'm feeling like, and, and each place has a different intention too. You know, most places that I've been to, I've either traveled with at least one friend or met a friend there um, just to have some sort of community. And so I had a really close girlfriend who was living out here in Asheville and she just spoke such wonderful words. And then I kept hearing from other people, Asheville, 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 and keep getting these messages. And so here I am. And my intention here is to really be grounded and rooted and have some really deep nourishment, start right writing my book. And so this feels like a place that I will likely be in for at least two months, possibly longer, who knows. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it it really is such an interesting exploration because I am someone who, who in the past without knowing to the extent where like when I used to travel, I remember going with, after I was in high school, I went to Italy with a few friends and I woke up with massive panic attacks in the middle of the night. Like I had terrible anxiety when I didn't know my surroundings or when I was a new environment. Like I literally had to have an emergency session with my therapist because my nervous system and my body felt so unsafe that I I was freaking out. And so like my heart was pounding, my breath was short. I couldn't felt like I couldn't breathe. I used to get these panic attacks where my gums would go numb because I didn't have enough like oxygen circulating. And so that is where my reality was before I had any of the tools, before I started down my spiritual path. And so it is such a celebration of 
the journey that I've been on and and it is courageous. Like it's it's not easy. Like we'll I'll, I'll really put it out there that there's so much beauty in this journey and there's so much expansion. And there's also challenges that have been probably in every place that I've been in, there's been a different form of a challenge, but it really having that sense of groundedness and safety and knowing what tools I have to access and like being okay wherever I am is something that has been a really big celebration that I've been in since I started this journey. Well, you know, what comes up for me is, you know, we had chosen the card from the mystic shaman oracle before we started, which was the crow. And it's all about personal truth. And, you know, truth and trust are interesting bedmates because to trust your truth, (laughs) to actually trust your truth to the point where you will follow it you know, where it wants to take you is really quite beautiful. And yeah, truth is challenging. Personal truth is really challenging. Like it's really to keep listening for it and to keep standing in it and to keep honoring it as the world kind of shifts and changes around you is something, you know, that's something. So I just really honor that in you. And like I said, I'm so, um, I have so much admiration right now as I listen to you. Like I'm, I'm feeling so, I'm just feeling so reverent to like what you're up to because it's, it feels really courageous over here to me. Like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, the journey to accessing my truth was definitely when I went through my spiritual awakening when I was about 27 years old. And I definitely did not always listen to my truth. I didn't even know what my truth was, as many many of us don't until we start to do some of this inner work. But my biggest leap, I've taken several leaps in, in my life so far. And my biggest leap was jumping out of what I would call like the matrix and the the pathway that was societal success, the mold and going through a marriage at, at the age of 20, 25 and at the age of 27, really coming to that place of clarity within myself after a lot of deep searching and inquiry and processing and really getting clear that the white picket fence lifestyle and that I was living was just not for me. And there was so much questioning in that where it was like, is this me because I'm just unhappy? And is there something wrong with me that I have all these amazing things in my life and I should be grateful and I have this loving partner and I have this amazing house and I've got my own business and all these things. And and what's wrong with me? Like, why can't I just be happy? And that inner battle of like, what actually is my truth? And how do I know that that's my truth? And how do I follow that truth? If it is my truth, like look at everything that I'll have to release and let go of and leave behind in order to live in that truth. Like it it really is a devotion to one's higher self. And it's a, it's a process. And I think through that learning, what is my truth, learning how it feels in my body and learning how to connect to my truth, then taking the steps and taking the action. Now that I know what it feels like to live fully in alignment with my truth you can't not listen. Like when you know that and when you know what it feels like to not live in your truth. And like my body speaks to me when I'm not living in my truth. I get digestive issues and I get 
fatigue and I have weight gain and I start emotionally eating. And like, there's all of these physical symptoms that happen for me when I'm out of alignment. Oh yeah. Like I feel it in my body. And then I feel it in my mental health. I, I notice more depression or anxiety. And I find that these are actually measures and ways to recognize when one is out of alignment, when one is not living in their truth. And instead of seeing these as things that we want to numb out or we want to fix or we want them to go away, my invitation to our listeners is to actually say, okay, if I'm experiencing these things in my physical or mental well-being that that are not feeling good, that feel heavy, that feel off, that feel like something's missing, then can we see those as messengers? Mm -hmm. Can we listen to those? Can we recognize that there's actually something here that wants to be looked at? And if we can see these as, as messengers and stop trying to numb them out with uh, whether it be busyness or social media or TV or shopping or alcohol or drugs or any form of numbing, even to the extent, and I don't want to say give anyone advice around this um, specifically because I do believe that antidepressants and medications are necessary and I have used them along my journey in some ways, but even to the extent of what's underneath that. Mm-hmm what's actually there to be looked at. And can we either in combination with medication or without it, can we actually get to a place of true alignment where the dis-ease, the imbalance actually comes back into harmony and live from that place? So that that's really been the journey of, of noticing the journey of coming back to truth, of recognizing that we actually are meant to thrive. We're meant to be healthy. We're meant to be abundant. We're meant to vibrate on a frequency of love. Like that is our truth. We're meant to experience joy and aliveness. And when we're not experiencing that, it's a really beautiful place to pause and be an inquiry of, hey, there's something off here. Like what's Mm -hmm. happening? What's, Mm -hmm. what's What's not in alignment for me right now? What do I get to look at here? Yeah, what I love about what you're saying too is that there's a real intention to listening in to those because it's not, oh, I'm anxious. Let me get curious. It's not like the answer is just going to show right up. We have to be willing to kind of be in an inquiry, to notice it and be with it and kind of listen into it. These are all feminine tools because you know, this is not something that we're taught how to do. In fact, we're taught the opposite. And it's it's one thing to, to use a tool like mindfulness, but it's another to actually recognize that as women and men, but as women specifically, we have these intuitive capabilities to kind of listen into the unknown, to kind of feel our way into places, to receive. There's that both that masculine and feminine way that we can integrate within our bodies where we're kind of penetrating kind of into the world and listening from there and then receiving the answer. So it feels very, like, and Mm -hmm. it's a very real thing. I mean, what I've discovered is that it's just, it opens up this world of sensibility and attunement and devotion, like you said, that when you start to actually practice in this way, you 
it's like what you said before, you can't not listen. Yeah. It's, it's a, it is, it's a different frequency. It's a different perspective of looking throughout through life or at life. It's, it's a whole different paradigm. It's a whole different way of operating when we choose to get out of the logical, structured, planning, controlling, linear way of operating in the world and start to integrate more of the feeling and of the sensing and of the deep knowing and the intuition and the nourishment. And we need both. We need to have both of them. But as you and I both know, and are our teachers of this work, that we are, are really we don't need more information of how to be in our masculine. Like that's something that is very well practiced that we've all been trained in that we have cultivated through our society. And that what women and the world needs is actually more of the feminine is more of the flow, more of the sensing, the feeling, the connection to the body, to the earth. And, you know, I think a lot of the the challenges that women have around feeling overwhelmed or feeling depressed or just kind of going through the motions in life and maybe even feeling burnt out, those can be resolved and come back into balance by integrating more of these feminine principles that, that we're talking about. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because it's, it's bringing up this, um, this, I was reading recently a piece that kind of, I had a little aha, which was we tend to be so in our masculine that that's predominantly kind of where we hang out. And this was like an ancient teaching. I I can't, I'm just trying to remember what it was, but it was, it actually was talking about that the masculine is kind of where we touch in. It's where we touch in to get a moment of structure or a moment of logic or a moment of whatever that is available, but to reside, to actually come back and the feminine actually be the dwelling place, the resting place. So when I look at it that way, I'm like, whoa, so, so much to be because again, I could be like, oh, so much to do to get back in my feminine, but it's like, it's not, it's a being place. It's, it's how we be. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but that's what came in. Yeah. Super beautiful. I mean, just to, to recap that it's really a flipping the the paradigm on its head. It's, it's the opposite. It's like, instead of primarily operating in the masculine 60, 70, 80% of the time, shifting into, you know, operating in the feminine 60% of the time, and then using your masculine energy intentionally when necessary and when needed to move forward, to pursue something, to create something in the world. Like we need that, that forward moving energy too, but really coming back to our natural state of being, which is not stressed out, addicted to our phones, on our to-do list, focusing on what's next, what's next, what's next. If we look at any spiritual text and and look at, you know, back in the day before we had all of the modern technology that we have and the way that we have been programmed to work or to perceive our value and get validation from doing more and having these accolades and these this capitalistic society that we live in, it's like the ultimate state that we naturally come to is being. 
it's from that space of being and slowing down and listening and connecting and being in community, being connected to the earth, being connected to ourselves. And like you said, it's not about what do I need to do in order to get there? Yes, there are tools. Yes, there are bridges in order to get there. And I'll offer the simplest bridge that does not take any doing. It's tuning into your breath. Mm. Can you take a moment and extend and elongate the inhale and watch it as it comes in through your nose, in through your body and watch your body expand and then exhale, watch and just witness that breath as it exits your, your body and continue to do that until you have regrounded and recentered into the body and out of the mind and really starting to cultivate that connection that also helps to ground your nervous system into this moment right here and right now. So it's not a lot of doing. There's There are practices, there are methods, there are ways to support you in shifting out of the masculine into the feminine, but it's not a checklist of every morning I need to do my meditation and journal and do my affirmations and pull an Oracle card and do my whatever else you think you need in order to get into alignment. Like it actually is a lot more simple than that. Well, and maybe this is a great kind of segue for our listeners to really define more of what you mean when you're talking about masculine energy, feminine energy, just give us a little bit more of like your understanding of these energies and maybe even an example of how you integrate them or use them or think about them throughout the day. Yeah, I love this because every time that I've taught this and every time that I've read about it, like there's something that just makes sense, especially for women. If for some reason, this, this understanding of these two energies, it, it just lands and it, it rings true. And it just is like, it just makes so much sense. And I first learned about masculine and feminine energies when I was becoming an eating psychology coach and really understanding about nutrition and food and Prior to that, I had been a nutritionist, had learned more about the science and the studying of how many calories and how many grams and and what nutrients and more of that type of approach. And as I started to move into more of the eating psychology and really working with my, my clients at the time on who they were as eaters and why they were making the choices they were making and really starting to see this shift... There, this conversation about the masculine and the feminine within the realm of food came up so clearly where it was like, okay, we've been taught to measure and count and eat at a certain time and have all of these rules. But for many women, that leads to binging or restricting or all of these, these this confusion and stress around food. And then on the other hand, there's an opportunity for intuitive eating where we really actually start to listen to the body's cues, listening to when you're hungry, listening to when you're full, connecting to what your body needs when it comes to exercise. What what do you feel like eating, bringing more pleasure in? And so even in just that example, we can see 
how different that is as you move throughout your day and how big of a change that would make in someone's life to release the stress and the control around the food that they're eating and actually use their body and learn how to listen to their body as a way to guide them. So that was really my entrance point into this work. And now really with the deep understanding of these masculine and feminine energies is that it applies to every area. It applies to our health. It applies to how we move throughout our day. It applies to our relationships. It applies to the way that we work, to our careers, to our businesses. Like It applies everywhere. And it can be confusing, these two words. I imagine the women and whoever's listening to this podcast has some reference point for these, but it can be confusing because we have the gender roles of men and women, male and female. And then now we're entering this, this conversation of energy mm-hmm. where we're talking about the masculine and feminine energy. So it can also be described as the yin and the yang or the alpha and the omega. There's, there's different ways to describe these energies. The Shakti, the Shiva. Yes, Shakti and Shiva, exactly. And so these are energies that that live in, in the universe. They live in outside of us, and they also live within each and every one of us. So within a man who has a who has a male body, he has masculine and feminine energies within him. And within a woman's body, she has masculine and feminine energies within her. And women generally tend to be more feminine essenced, meaning that we tend to have more feminine energy than masculine energy, that we feel better and more aligned when we are accessing more of our feminine energy. Whereas men generally, and we can't speak for everyone, have more of a masculine essenced presence energy where they feel more aligned with their themselves when they're in their masculine more of the time. So it gets pretty complex, but essentially it really becomes a guide for how we move throughout the world and how we move throughout our day, everything from the way that we make our schedule. So for example, in my world, I used to just schedule things back to back. I used to have a lot of things on my calendar. I'm a pretty ambitious person. I do love creating. I love producing. I love being in service. And I... In my world, it was just this back-to-back-to-back thing that I wasn't putting breaks in my calendar. I wasn't creating space for nourishment. I was just in that, that cycle of produce, 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 and didn't even really look at, okay, why do I feel so exhausted even though I'm doing the things that I love? Like, why am I so tired? Like, why mm-hmm. am I exhausted right now? And so really starting to look at, okay, what does my ideal day look like? What would feel really nourishing? Maybe there's some days during the week where I see more clients or where I have more meetings. And then there's some days where they're designated for creative projects or to take care of myself and to just have the space to do what feels right that day. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one way that I integrate that into my life. And one of the things that I want to share too, is that we can use the masculine structure to create more feminine flow. So we can put stuff in our calendar, like even put a block in your calendar if you're just getting started with this of 
free time or of me time. And you don't have to say what you're going to do during that time, but you're actually just setting aside time for whatever you need then. Do you need to go for a walk? Do you need to nourish your body? Do you need to rest? Do you want to write? Like, What is it that your soul is calling you to do and having the space for that? So that's one way that, that I see is a really applicable way that we can start to integrate this into our lives. Yeah, you're bringing up such an important point because I think it's it's a big shift for a lot of people to, if we were to say, for example, if we were to all look at our schedules or our weeks and say, where am I leaving enough time for 60% of the feminine, right? Like that's a, it's a pretty big shift when we look at our to-do list or our daily routines. And I remember, you know, when I first started working in this way, thinking like, this is impossible. Like, how can people do this? And then I started meeting women that were modeling this. And so what I've started to recognize is that it can look a number of different ways. And so Sage Polaris, who's somebody that I've interviewed before, does this thing where she actually takes four months off a year. And I was like, what? You know, like, (laughs) like, I was just like, how do you get it all done? And then like, take or what, you know, I might be making it this up because it was a, a while ago. So but she takes some amount of time off a year where I was just like, what? How do you do that? And then I remember recently hearing from another woman that had figured out how to do a three day work week. And I was like, wow, right? Like I started feeling desires come up in me that I want that. I want to do that. And starting to actually believe that I could organize my schedule in a way that facilitated something that was very different. And it's true for me that, you know, a few months before I took two months off, which was this past summer, I took off July and August to write to do it. That didn't end up happening, by the way. So I'll I'll go back to that in a sec. Mm. But before months beforehand, I had started organizing my weeks so that the the primary bulk of my actual to do work clientele, you know, was happening between Wednesday and Friday. And Monday and Tuesday, I had reserved to write. But what I found was that if I would just instead of doing the to-do, which was the writing first, if I would just let the day inform me and I would see like, what do I feel like this morning? Do I want to go take a walk? Do I want breakfast first? Do I want to just get in the car and go for a drive or go down to the water? Or do I want to have lunch with a friend, right? Like it was like, what do I want to do today? But I wouldn't plan anything. I wouldn't plan anything on those days. And that was starting to be like my practice of being in this energy in a way that is kind of the surrender experiment. Mm. And then again, taking the time off for July and August for me was really interesting because I didn't even have the Wednesday through Friday. So it was like really interesting to let my week inform me. And if I got, I got just got to the point where if I got some writing done, great. If I didn't, I didn't. But what I really started to notice was that I had a full cup, was that I was not depleted. I was, I had enough energy for thinking in a new way, for clearing space, for 
projects that I had, but not not getting like too over committed in anything. And then what I realized is like I had this overflow then of of energy or of creativity or of it was just really fascinating to really, really put it into practice. Yeah, I love that you bring this up because it definitely is an evolution. And there's some people who are listening right now who are like, you did what? You took two weeks off. How could you just have no structure? And and I think for each person, there there is their own process, which is informed by you know where they're starting and what their comfort levels are. Some people are just a little bit more structure oriented and mm-hmm. they actually need a little bit of structure. And some people, I like to do the pendulum thing where if someone's so structured, it's like, let's go to feel like, let's push the edge a little bit of what it feels like to have no structure and then come back into that middle place because being too far on either edge can can really be a place where people feel lost or feel stressed out or confused and, and all of that. And I have a great example of a client who I just worked with who she is a really high-end recruiter and works a very demanding job and she loves what she does. Like She really loves it. And through our work together, it has taken a lot of time, but really she's gotten to this place where on Sundays, she makes no plans. She has no structure, like really to give herself that day. She just booked a week-long vacation after a really intense stretch at work. And she's going to be taking a week off completely unplugged. And not only that, but she's really been looking at how she can incorporate more of the feminine in her workouts, in her daily routines outside of, of work, if her work is really structured. And so it's not about, okay, there's no exact calculation. There's no right way to do this. Of course, if the the goal is to integrate more of the feminine, we could say 60%, but really it's it's an evolution and it's a practice. And and we also go through different seasons and chapters. Like there's some seasons where we are going to be doing more and, and producing more. And then there's going to be some seasons where we have more flow. And so I just really want to emphasize that this is your own journey and that it doesn't have to look one way and that it is an evolving process. It's taken me three or four years to really come to this integration of the work because there's a lot of experimenting and seeing what works and what doesn't work along the way. Yeah. And back to the experimenting, another thing that that brought up for me was learning how to like schedule around my my moon cycle. And actually starting to understand a little bit more about how to rest and when I'm kind of like predisposed to be more in my doing versus in the time where I really need to nourish and rest and looking at the moon cycles as a way to map that out. What I love about kind of what we're pulling into this conversation is that there is multiple ways for us to start to experiment with what does it look like for a woman to invite more feminine energy into her life. And I thought I would love to talk a little bit more too about how maybe our listeners can start to also trust her own intuition more, right? Her own truth more. And wondered if you could talk to that for a minute. 
Yeah. I mean, this is such a big conversation and I know both you and I are writing about this evolution that not only we're going through individually, but we're going through the shift collectively and it's going to keep getting louder and louder until more and more people start to listen. Right. So it is a big conversation. And I think there's, there are multiple different approaches and principles that we can really take a look at this from, but Yeah, really coming back to intuition is intuition lives in your body. It is your internal guidance system. Everyone has it and not everyone is taught to listen to it. And so part of the intuitive guidance is actually slowing down and listening because your intuition is always speaking to you. It's always guiding you, yet it's it's usually through feelings and it's usually through sensations and it's usually through the body where most of us are used to making decisions from our mind, from the logical. Should I do this? Should I not do this? Is this right or is this wrong? Am I going to feel guilty? Am I going to disappoint someone? Where are you making your decisions from and starting to take a look at in your life? Like, how am I making my decisions? Are they based out of what I like to say? Are they love-based decisions that are in alignment, that feel good, that feel expansive, that feel nourishing? Or are they fear-based decisions that feel contractive and heavy and you face a lot of resistance with them? And just starting to notice throughout your day and in your career and in your relationships, where are you making your decisions from? Mm-hmm. And just starting to take inventory of that is a really great place to start. And the best way to actually start to tune into your intuition is to create space to listen. And we have to get really quiet to hear that voice, that inner voice, because there's so much mixed messaging that our mind wants to create and that our mind is trying to tell us. But when you do get quiet through going in nature, through doing a yoga class, through going through meditation practice, and you maybe through journaling, really being with yourself and creating and carving out that space for yourself, even if you start with five minutes. And the next piece that I'll share is is really asking for intuitive guidance. Sometimes if we don't ask the questions, we don't hear the answers. So a classic question that you can ask your intuition is, so what is my next best step? You can ask your intuition, does this decision feel light or heavy? Am I headed in the right direction? These are all things that we can start to ask. What is it that lights me up? What is it that feels heavy in my life right now? Again, tuning into the sensations, which takes practice, really practice. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It brings up for me a lot of times, you know, in a coaching session, there's a lot of head stuff, right? And so just the question, like, what does my body have to say about that? It's just shifting kind of the shifting from the head down into the body or down into the heart, because oftentimes this is where we can tend to kind of circle, circle, you know, up in the head, (laughs) circle to a point where, you know, we are confused, we are unclear, but when we get quiet and we drop into the body, the body knows, the body holds the wisdom. And if you don't get the answer at first, that's okay. It's just it's not about giving up. It's about kind of continuing and understanding like this comes with practice. Yeah. I mean, we've spent our whole life 
operating in our heads. So to, to expect that overnight or in one practice or in one month that you have perfected or are able to connect, like I'm still fine tuning Mm. my intuition. And the other day I had an experience, I've actually had two experiences recently where I was making a decision. One was to decide which health practitioner I wanted to work with. And I noticed myself asking a lot of questions. And normally, if something's a yes for me, I just know. Like I I can feel it. It just feels like a yes. It's like, yes, this is it. And I noticed myself in my head asking a lot of questions. And so it was another practice of, oh, interesting. Why am I so confused? Or why am I questioning this? And it was just like, it's just a no for me. Like Mm -hmm. it sounds great. The, you know, the checklist is there, but it just doesn't feel right for me. Yeah, it's such a great distinction, right? Is that like noticing that when you're a yes, you know you're a yes. There's no questions. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just that noticing like, oh, here, wait, I'm really in up in here a lot, up in my head a lot. And that being the indicator that actually it's a no for me. Yeah. And I think when you're first starting the journey, it, it is confusing and it is it does take practice because initially your intuition might say yes to something and then you find yourself questioning it and your mind is like, but what if this goes wrong? And what will this person think? And how can I actually do that? Am I going to be successful in all the mind chatter that will go up? And then you're like, wait, am I supposed to do this? I thought I'm, I'm confused. And so initially the practice is differentiating what is intuition and what is fear. Mm. Intuition always is coming from your higher self, it's always leading you towards something that feels good, that feels expansive, that feels aligned and alive. And fear is always going to be the thing that keeps you playing small, that wants to keep you safe, that is trying to protect you. And so the the initial practice is noticing that the intuition is there. And then literally within seconds, the fear can come in mm-hmm. and starting to be with that fear and talk to that fear and recognize that it is fear. And that's a practice in its own is starting to notice, oh, is this my truth? Or is this the the fear that is trying to stop me? Right. Because we all have those inner saboteurs who are there to really protect us. And it's like you said, it's it's discerning, right? And starting to really recognize you know, that the difference, you know, that that there's, I know this for myself, whenever I, I've recognized whenever I sign up for like a big investment thing, like a big ticket thing, I'll have the awareness of one thing recently that I bought, I've been waiting to buy it for six years. Mm. And it finally got to a price, it was still a big price, it was still a big ticket price, there was no question in my mind, like I've wanted it for a long time, right? And I finally did it, I bought the thing. And then my fears came in kind of like, really, was that smart? Was that, you know, like, can you still, maybe you can still return it. And I was like, wait a minute, that's natural for my, for my saboteur self to do that, to be, to, to go into scarcity for a minute. And it's, it's really like my higher self knowing like, yes, it's a yes. And these are all the reasons why. And just acknowledging like, thank you. Thank you for sharing and go back to go back to your lounge chair now. Yes. <laughs> I'm in the, I'm in the driver's seat. I got this. Yeah. Yeah. I got this. We got this. So I love this conversation. And then 
I also wanted to ask you, because I know we're we're coming up on time here and I could talk to you forever, forever, forever. And I know you and I both love the subject of the feminine rising. And I really just, Amy, wanted to to give our listeners a sense of what that means to you. Like, what do you see happening in the world right now? And why is this the time of the feminine rising? What does that mean to you? Oh, big question. And it's so good. This is so powerful. I mean, I love zooming out and just looking at what is happening in the world. And what I'm seeing that's happening in the world and many others are seeing is that the old ways of operating are not working anymore. And the systems that have been in place for a very long time are crumbling. And we are seeing such a deep liberation uh, for the feminine. And when I say the old systems are not working, these are rooted in patriarchal conditioning and they are rooted in capitalism. And there is quite a shadow side to both of those elements. And we, you know, we've been living in a, a world where there's a lot of competition and there's a lot of consumerism and there's a lot of just capitalism where where the focus is money and success and power and we've taken a turn and the the earth is feeling it nature is feeling it we've stripped our land of its resources in in so many ways people are experiencing it in their health we have more health issues and mental health issues than we've ever had before and it, when we look around the world, it can feel really scary. It can feel scary to see what is happening in our government, in in politics, in a lot of these different places. And so what's happening right now is as consciousness rises, we are going through the great awakening, a massive awakening, and more and more people are waking up. They are seeing the truth. They are starting to realize like, oh, there's something wrong here. There's something happening here on a larger scale. And maybe they weren't seeing that before. And when we say that the feminine is rising, there is a new way of operating, a new way of navigating through life from the heart. Mm -hmm. There is a new way of being as women and as even as men being heart-centered leaders and coming together in community, in collaboration, really focusing on expanding love and lifting other people up and supporting other people. And that's really the direction that we're going. And it starts with each individual person reclaiming and reconnecting with their own feminine energy. It's, it's an inner job first that then gets reflected in the collective. So I'm seeing many, many women rising to share their gifts, to speak their truth, to live a life that's authentic to, to their soul, to go down the, the path of the unknown and to step out of the constructs of the corporate conditioning or the kind of traditional way of working even. And we're we're seeing some really big shifts happening right now. And and we're we're at a we're at our tipping point really where we're going to continue to see things crumbling. We're going to continue to see things come up. And I believe that these things are here designed to awaken, to awaken, to show people what's not working, to show people that things need to change. And 
in some weird way in the way that the world works, that sometimes it has to be really painful and hard in order for people to wake up from the illusion and wake up to see what's really happening. Right. It can be really disruptive. But but I want to go back to what you said, because you had created and painted that picture so beautifully of when you were in Italy and you were waking up with that anxiety, that as you started to really re-inhabit yourself, re-inhabit your body, get out of your head and into your heart and into your body, your body knew what you needed and your body it was like you came home to yourself in a way that no matter what was going on on the outside, you could be strong and stable on the inside. And that to me is also the invitation right now to all of us is for us to drop out of our heads where we will continue to see and feel the fear and the anxiety and drop into the heart and start listening for the feminine. Start start asking to be given the feminine frequency. Mm. Ask and it is given. I really do believe that. And that's just such a nod to to your work and your podcast. And I want to invite our listeners. You can see what a beautiful, luminous human being Amy is here. But I think there's so much more to be revealed in her work. So please, if you get a second to just even if you can't listen today to go over and follow her work, the Feminine Frequency Podcast, you'll get so much more of these amazing conversations. So Amy, thank you. Thank you for your work in the world. Thank you for this rich, beautiful conversation. Thank you for creating space for me to share my message and to connect with all of the wonderful listeners and to be in co-creation with you. It's, it really is such a pleasure. So thank you so much. Yeah, you're so welcome. And for our listeners, I'll be sure to put Amy's links in the show notes, including our conversation on her podcast and anything else, Amy, that you want to offer. I feel complete. I feel like we we went deep. And of course, there's so much more to talk about. But yeah, come on over to the Feminine Frequency. I would love to have you over there. And also, if there's anything that resonated for you in this conversation, please come say hello to me. You can find me on Instagram at Amy Natalie Co. And I'm a human. I love hearing from you. I love connecting with you. I know that it's easy to like listen and move on with your day. But if you feel called to reach out, I I would love to hear from you and would love to connect with you. So good. All right. Well, until next time, more to be revealed. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, please visit us at jointherevelation.com and be sure to download our free gift, subscribe to our mailing list, or leave us a review on iTunes. We thank you for your generous listening, and as always, more to be revealed.